Welcome to Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast for every type of runner, with Sean Soban and Russell the Runner. Run wild. I love the chase and the hunt, and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want, and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank or no a Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always paying for something. Don't take for granted. Hey, I'm when I wake up, it's time to look at the enemy. Look in the mirror, we're a game. Don't play the game. It's not working now, baby. It's the chemistry. It's time to break up. Don't work to make a better me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Trail Tales, a running podcast or Trail Tales ARP. I'm your host, Sean Sobon. Russell, the runner, is not with us today. Um, we've got a great guest with us today. He's a youngin'. We've got young blood on the show today. 19-year-old Matt Monroe is the youngest finisher ever at the Sulphur Springs 100-miler, and he did that uh, just a few months ago. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, feeling better every day. Sulphur Springs 100s, 100 mile race. It's uh, hosted in Ancaster, Ontario. Yeah. And uh, you just became the youngest finisher ever of that race. Uh, it happens back in May on the 27th and 28th. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're 19 years old. So, how long have you been running? Uh, running consistently and running properly. Like actually knowing what I'm doing, I'd have to say about a year, maybe just over a year. And then running you know, a decent amount, probably two years. Okay. That's incredible. So what, what brought you to Sulphur Springs? Well, I, uh, well, I guess you could say start from the beginning, but the race just directly, I mean, I, I did chase the coyote in September, the 50 K race. And, uh, I knew I wanted to up it. Uh, I knew about races like Western States, Leadville, even events like Barkley marathons. And I thought those were super cool. And, you know, you got to start, you know, more local. So uh, I saw, you know, uh, sulfur was uh, available in May and I saw they had a hundred mile race. So I thought, Hey, let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's see uh, if we can get this thing done. Amazing. So leading up to the race, how much time did you have from the day you decided, okay, I'm doing this to, to race day. If you can recall. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I knew I wanted to do it probably since September when I did chase the coyote, but I only I signed up in January, probably very beginning of January. And that's, that's right. When I started was like bang on right at the beginning of, uh, of the year. And so I, I started off, I basically had a, a pre training training block <laughs> to get me ready for the longer, longer runs. So I, 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 uh, I started off a little bit shorter on 30, 40 kilometer weeks and then just worked from there. Yeah. So uh, probably I had probably, uh, about five months, I'd say. Okay, so that's a that's a decent amount of time. Now, mm-hmm. coming off the uh, Chase the Coyote, let's let's backtrack a little bit to that. So Chase the Coyote was a fifty k at Mono Cliffs, uh, mm-hmm. hosted by my good friends uh, from Gotta Run Racing. Also check out their podcast. But um, so um, that fifty k was this your first ultra distance ever, or had you hit that distance kind of just in training? How did that yeah, no, it was, it was without a doubt the furthest I'd ever run. Uh, I was actually, I'm actually a more of a Spartan athlete. I had uh, the OCR, I'm more in the OCR world, uh, obstacle course racing. I love that stuff. So I'd, I'd, I'd only really run the furthest distance I'd ever run is, was 21 K actually in a Spartan beast. 
And uh, I'd, I'd never gone anything further than that, but I, I knew I wanted to do uh, an ultra and really see how far I can go. Cause I, I feel, I had, I just, I had a feeling that I could, I could, you know, go far. And so I signed up for this 50 K, you know, thinking, okay, this is, this is pretty far. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I thought, Oh, I've done a Spartan beast. That's 21 K. And then, you know, chase the coyote is two loops of 25 K. So I thought, Oh boy, imagine doing two of that, <laughs> two of that. So, uh, I just signed up and uh, a buddy of mine actually did it, did it as well. He's a good runner. Uh, shout out to Mark. He's a great guy. Um, but uh, he, he did it. Uh, unfortunately he dropped, but he signed up. I signed up and we, uh, we, we, we just went in and uh, I got it done in just over six hours. And, you know, I went through the most pain I've ever been through in my life, but right after I knew uh, I had to do a hundred, it was basically on the car ride home. I knew. That's, that's incredible because usually after, after running an ultra, I guess during, during the race, people are you're like, I'm never going to do this again. And then afterwards <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm doing a hundred miler now. Like this is what I want to do. So, and you know, six, it's just over six hours for Chase Coyote is actually a really good time because that's a, that's a pretty hilly, hilly course, right? Like it can, it has some challenging areas there. Yeah. There's a, there's a few good climbs in there. I, I remember that damn hill was a good, was a good portion. It was a good, uh, good climb in that, in that, in that course, but great, great route. I love that race. I wish, I wish they, uh, they still had that race. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was for my first ultra, I was pretty pleased with it. I remember I was, I think I was at the, around the 35 kilometer mark, something like that. And there was, or 30 kilometers. And I was, I was, I was into my, my second loop and, uh, I, I said to an aid station, I said, uh, what place am I in? Do you know by any chance? And they said, uh, you're in uh, 14th position. And I, I thought, oh, wow, hey, this, this, is, uh, this is going decently. And I thought I'd really push, see if I could crack, uh, you know, uh, the top 10 mark. And I ended up uh, busting around uh, 40K and I bonked. And it was a slow, slow final 10K to the finish line. A bunch of guys passed me. I came 22nd. But, you know, out of 60, I was, I was, I was, uh, sorry, I was pleased with that. Do you attribute that bonk to just kind of pushing yourself a little bit harder, trying to crack that top 10? <laughs> yeah, probably. I should have waited for, you know, maybe seven kilometers left in the race. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, live and learn, right? It's one of that's, those that's it, man. Nothing wrong with the ambition, but, uh, you know, you live and learn and, and you feel some pain and suffer for it. But, you know, it sounds like uh, you still had a good experience at the end of the day and you finished it. So congratulations on that. So you finished, you finished Chase the Coyote and uh, you're like, okay, 100 mile race. This is what I want to do. Did you know that Sulphur Springs was going to be that race for you at that time? Um, instantly, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't uh, know exactly which races had 100 mile races, 100 mile events. I knew, I know that I knew there was a few around. I've heard of these names like Tally in the Valley, Sulphur Springs. I knew, I heard of Halliburton. I've heard of Halliburton and I knew there was this like some kind of stigma that it was some insanely hard race or some, some crazy, just what I've been told. And, uh, so I, I, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't. So all the next thing I know is that same day I finished chase the coyote, my friend, Mark, who, uh, who has done a couple hundred milers. He texted me that same day after chase the coyote and he sends me the link to sulfur Springs. And, uh, I, I had a hunch that that was going to be the one that I was doing. And I said, I'll see you there, man. <laughs> and that was, that was sort of it. And it was just this sort of, uh, um, it didn't need to be spoken, but that was the one we were doing, you know, that was it. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask, I want to pick your brain a little bit here. So, you know, sure. being, being relatively, 
new to the sport, obviously not new to like athletics and racing and competition and everything, but new to kind of ultra running now and, and getting some crazy distances. Right. Um, mm. What was your preparation like for this comparing it almost or contrasting it to preparation for a Spartan race? Like how did you, how did that vary other than like, you know, increase, increase volume and running and everything? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, instantly I knew I was going to have to increase the mileage. Um, I knew I wasn't, you know, just based on my lack of running history and, and natural running ability, there isn't much. <laughs> um, but uh, I knew just because of a, a lack of uh, running history and running background, I was going to have to raise the volume quite a bit. And so I, I stopped, I, I, I slowed down on the speed workouts a lot. And, you know, the really fast hill workouts, I still did hills because I knew there's hills and, you know, there's trail running, right? So I still did hills, but you know, the speed workouts cut down a lot, the track workouts, that sort of thing, tempos, it was more just a lot of long, easy, slow miles. And, uh, you know, I still did, uh, I still, I, I'm a hybrid athlete. I love, I love being in the gym, lifting weights. Um, so I, I, you know, I love, I love the hybrid athlete training method. So I stayed in the gym, lifting weights, um, uh, building a durable body, you know, trying to, trying to build a really, really durable body that could take a, take a pounding. But, uh, yeah, so, so in, you know, the, the EMOM workouts, CrossFit workouts, that sort of thing that I would do for Spartan, uh, muscular endurance, the conditioning that slowed down a lot. I didn't, I didn't really do as much of that. Um, but it was just more of long, like I did a lot of high rep, uh, exercises, uh, just to build a lot of muscular endurance and, uh. Yeah, it was just everything was basically just prolonged. Like all my training, the whole my in my mind, I thought, well, let's just prolong everything, right? Just make everything um, just a, an endurance, uh, endurance based. Yeah, so longer and slower, but trying to build that endurance yeah. and prep your body for it. Uh, very wise move, I think, to keep up with that strength training. You know, keeping in mind you're making certain modifications to prep for the ultra yeah. run. So, mm-hmm. so five months, I guess, of that kind of preparation for this hundred miler how did you feel on the start line of the hundred miler or chase the coyote hundred miler hundred miler hundred miler yeah i mean it was it was weird it was just kind of one of those moments like you don't you know you've been you've been waiting for that for it to come you know weeks leading up to it it it's just like oh man i wish it was today i could just get it done you know but on the start line, I was just sort of like, it was, uh, I, I just heard, it's hard to explain the, the feeling. It was like, wow, we're actually here. We're doing this. Like there's no, there's no, uh, or no backing out now. You know, this is, uh, this is it. Like we're here and you know, we're not leaving until, until it's over. And that could be, you know, 30 hours from now, which it was, it, it basically was. Uh, and you know, my, my dad was there, my dad and a good friend of mine, Amir, uh, uh, where they were, they were my crew for the entire entire, entire and uh, so I really do have to hand it to them. They uh, they really pushed start pushed me through that, especially that back half. That back half really that last fifty miles. Ooh, <laughs> that was rough. But uh, no, the starting line it was. It's hard. It's really it's one of those things. It's hard to explain. You know, mm-hmm. everyone there. It was it was it was high adrenaline. It was definitely high adrenaline. Yeah. Um, did you did you find yourself trying to like kind of just like calm your nerves down a little bit and 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 try to stay calm or was it like you know too hard and just <laughs> caught up in all the excitement yeah i mean i was I, I was recognizing some familiar faces like even some guys from uh spartan racing that i that i recognized um 
And there were so many people there too, because it wasn't just the hundred miler guys. It was the hundred miler guys, the 100 K guys, the 50 mile, 50 K guys. It was a bunch of people. And uh, I recognize some familiar faces and I'm just trying to, uh, trying to get all my, 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 my stuff together. Um, like we, we went the day before, uh, to set, set our tent up and, uh, you know, bring the chairs out and everything like that. Just so we'd everything, have everything ready for the next morning. And, uh, you know, just, just between, you know, making sure like all my food is in the right spot, you know, um, I mean, I make sure I have my scratch powders ready to go, um, different bars, stingers, all these different things. I have this big bag of them. And I just said, yeah, just fill my pack up with them every time I come in for a loop and we're just quickly, quickly going over everything. And so it was, it was a little bit hectic, but, uh, and then, then I realized, you know, Oh, go to the bathroom before, because, you know, it's, you know, you're out there for 20 K. Right. So um it just just a a multitude of things happening really really rapidly and then uh like okay we got everything right clothes you got your poles you got you know your bottles are filled everything got your scratch your hat what do you need and it's like okay let's go to the start line and i got there with about five minutes to go (laughs) oh wow so just just made it but uh, you know what i think if if that was me i'd probably prefer it that way too because you're not sitting there for so long at the start line just just thinking yeah. and psyching yourself out, right? Like, okay, we're here. Let's go. Let's do this. Don't think, yeah. just move. So that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask, like, you know, each time you're coming in into your tent, into your station, getting kind of restocked and stuff, you know, if you could play it back each time you're coming in to the tent, you know, what your what your mentality is like, you know, early on versus later on in the race and, and what kind of things your crew is doing for you to kind of get you back out there. What do you, what, what, I'm not sure uh, your question. So I, I just want you to kind of recount like what it was like for you every time you're coming back into the tent, like you're doing loops, right? Yeah. Yeah. So every, every time you're coming back in, right. You, I'm sure first loop, you're feeling good, whatever, as, as yeah. you start to wear down, you know, where's your head space at in those tougher moments and what is mm-hmm. your crew doing for you to help you kind of get back out there and, and keep going and, and not quit. Cause I'm right. sure at some point your body and your mind is trying to, you get to that mental game, right. Where it's like, yeah, man, I could just stop right now. I don't have to go back out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny, this was, this was the thing that I was, I was really interested about is because, you know, it wasn't just me going into this, never having done hundred miles. It was my crew as well. And you know, they're, they're just as much invested in this as me, you know, they're there for the entire thing. And, you know, I do believe that they have just as hard a job as me. I can't imagine, you know, especially my dad, he's, he's my dad. Right. So he's stressed about, not just, you know, oh, is he going to finish, but he's concerned about the health of his kid too, right? So um, just that as well. But um, it, we, every time I came in, we were um, like the first three, I'd say I, I was I was doing all right. But after, after the second, um, that's 40K. And I knew that I would hit my uh, mileage PR on, on the next loop, on the third loop. And so I knew like after, after, you know, two and a half loops, after 50K, that's, you know, I'm running blind. I'm going into unknown territory. And I was just... I was, uh, I was running, uh, you know, into the unknown, really running into the unknown. And so after that the third loop, I was just like, well, we're, we're, we're sailing free after this and just seeing, you know, it's, it's unknown. It's a completely uncharted territory. So after the third, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit nerve wracking knowing, okay, so we still have a hundred kilometers left to go. <laughs> uh, 
but then, you know, we cracked the, we, we cracked through that and just worked, just worked down. And I tried to avoid counting down the miles, but every loop I came in, you know, my, my crew was there. It was phenomenal. And they just did such a great job. I was eating different things. I tried to treat, treat the, uh, the meals and the certain loops as times of the day when I would be having like, you know, breakfast, lunch, maybe an afternoon snack, dinner, that sort of thing. So I just to, for mental reasons, just to stay, you know, happy and just to not shock my body with something new as well. Right. So I, I would have things like chicken, chicken. I had a chicken burger at one point in uh, late, in the, I think it was around 3 a.m. It was one of those, one of those late loops. I had uh, a nice uh, bowl of mac and macaroni and cheese. That was really, really nice. Um, just deep, something that deep into the race and just something really uplift your spirit. It's, it's really strange how something so minor like that can, uh, can bring you up like that. But uh, yeah, every loop, my dad was there, walked me in, walked me out, uh, sat in the chair. They uh, they took my pack off me. They filled my bottles back up with everything, loaded it up with, you know, the exact bars, cliff chews, uh, goose, stingers. I even took a banana out a couple times with me. And, uh, you know, we just ran through a little checklist every time saying, okay, got this, got this, got this. Do you need to change your socks, your shoes? Actually, at one point, um, we I think it was after the second loop, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. This had never happened. I got a blister on, uh, my left big toe and, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know. And I guess I was changing my socks and my dad noticed it and he said, okay, so it's not that big right now. I said, is it bothering you? I said, no. And he said, okay, so don't, don't touch it then just leave it. So I go back out I finish I finished my, my third loop. I come back and he went to the medical tent during that time, during my third loop. And he got this really uh like this professional grade you definitely know what it is it's this tape it's this really it's like it's it's really good medical tape and yeah. and uh and we took my sock off and the blister had become huge at this point and uh and we didn't pop it the medical guy said don't don't pop it just just put like a um a moleskin over it so we did that and then just wrapped her at the tape around it and just left it didn't notice it for the rest of the race it popped at some point i don't know when but yeah. it was uh it was very good so it was kudos to i guess it was your dad that caught the blister there um, yeah uh, you were able to stay on top of it before it actually got painful and, and became a problem for you and you were able to kind of get that protective covering on top and, and able to carry on that's 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 a great catch on his part because like yeah. you said you didn't even know it was there right so i had no idea by the time you no knew idea. it was there if you had got to that point it would have already been maybe too late right exactly yeah i know it because once that if it pops and there's no protection around it that can and the moisture and then the friction rubbing it can really it can ruin a race yeah absolutely i know you haven't met my co-host russell he's not with us here tonight but he uh he recently went out and uh was going to run a hundred miler and he had ended up having a blister causing him a DNF. Oh, really? Yeah. Toe. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those things. So, you know, tough, tough, uh, tough outcome for him, but uh, lessons learned and, and carrying on. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. You think it's just a little blister, but man, it can really, it can really affect you. Oh yeah. Big time. It, they hurt. They yeah. hurt a lot. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, your crew, your dad was there and uh, you guys had a very good process when you were coming in. You had a checklist, which I think is a fantastic idea. And just kind of keeping your spirits up, getting that nice, wholesome food in and and yeah. timing it with your meals of the day. It's a pretty good strategy, I think. And, you know, just getting back out there and, and uh, yeah. you know, being excited. So what was it like for you um, when you're kind of out there in the middle of the loop? You know, it's you know, did you have any points where you were just, you know, really just suffering and feeling like, man, how am I going to, how am I going to finish this? Or like, 
you know, the next hundred meters is going to feel like a kilometer. Like how were you able to kind of get through those moments? Did you have any mental strategies or was this just like sheer grit and determination that got you through all that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those things that I think you just, you have no choice. You just got to keep moving. Uh, I knew that standing around wasn't going to do me any good. And I never once sat down on the trail or on a, on a bench apart from a chair at an aid station or, you know, at main camp, I never sat down other than those times, which I was really happy about. Um, I just, I just knew in my mind that I had to keep moving forward and I'd watched so many ultra documentaries and in every single one of them, they say, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. So I, I just, I just did that. And, you know, whether I was walking, shuffling or running, I just, I just, I just, I just kept moving forward. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard them say so many times, um, if you can't run, then walk, if you can't walk, then crawl. And I, I, I was willing to crawl, but I didn't want to have to, <laughs> uh, but it, it definitely became tough in the night. The nighttime was really, that was a rough go. And my crew had to really keep throwing me out. I remember there was, I, I started to cry actually after, uh, probably leap five. And, uh, like it was just, it started to hurt real bad. And I started to lose sight of what my actual goal was and finishing and the whole, and the belt buckle and everything. I, I really did lose sight of it. And they, my, my dad, my crew, they just kept throwing me out there. Once I was out there, I, I was, I was okay. I knew I was in a lot of pain, but I was able to keep myself moving forward. Uh, I also had, uh, pacers, which was very helpful. I had a pacer on uh, loop six, seven, and eight all three different guys, all great guys that, uh, I know very well. So they, they kept me moving forward really well. And, uh, uh, yeah, I do, I do owe it to them as well. They, uh, they were holding me on good pace, talking to me, you know, you just, you know, saying, you know, you're going to finish this and it's going to be over, you know? Wow. Yeah. You know, you really do highlight the fact that as much as this is an individual sport, it really does take a team, like a well yeah. coercive team to, to yeah. kind of make a successful ultra runner, right? Eh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. You, I, I haven't, I didn't see anybody there uncrewed that was doing a hundred miles. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, couple questions still I have for you. So first one, I guess this being, you know, your first hundred miler for you and your crew, mm -hmm. um, you know, looking back on it now, what things would you keep the same in terms of like your setup and how you prepared for it? And what things would you change going into your next one? Yeah, good question. Um, really, everything within you know the crew aspect, I would have, I would keep the exact same. I keep the exact same people that were my crew. I keep the exact same meals. I thankfully, I touch wood. I've never had an issue like stomach issues during during the race, uh, as well as chase the coyote. Never had a stomach issue, so that was that was really. Uh, I'm grateful for that. So I wouldn't change any dietary uh make any dietary changes no no people changes within the crew um i'd just train longer i would i would i would i would give myself more time uh to train for the race uh and i would do longer training runs like i would probably do a, a 60 or a 70k run i'd like to do that before before the race the longest run i'd ever did was chase the coyote and that was in september and that wasn't but for training for the 100 miler so uh, I did three 40 K runs, but that's the, that's the, in preparation, but that's the only thing I would change really is, uh, is, uh, my ability to deal with the long, the long, long, long races and just so train, train longer, train longer runs. 
Awesome. I, I can certainly appreciate that answer. Um, you know, looking into the ultra running community, are there any ultra runners that you kind of look up to or, or kind of follow that try to learn from a little bit? Yeah, this is a great question, actually. I'm really glad you asked this one. There's there's a few guys. Nick Bear is a, is a YouTuber. He owns uh, the BPN Subs, uh, Supplement Company. He's, um, he's you know, he, he's quite the hybrid athlete. He um, he's done he did a bodybuilding competition a few months ago. He ran a sub 250 marathon last year. He did Leadville 100 and then Rocky Raccoon 100 miler. Uh, so I definitely look up to him in terms of his, his dedication, his, his discipline to what he does and how he focuses on what his goal is and just he achieves it because of how well he's, he's dedicated to it. Another one is, um, uh, Ryan Atkins. He's a Canadian, uh, obstacle course, uh, runner. He's a Spartan world champion in 2021 and, uh, he's Canadian too. Right. So I definitely look up to him. The guy's just a fitness machine. He's won, um, world's toughest mudder, I think four or five times, uh, which is just absolutely crazy. He's never lost while he's been there actually. <laughs> And then, of course, like uh, Jim Walmsley, the ultra runner. He's a uh, Western States record holder. Yeah, I can't say enough about the guy. He's, he's definitely a big idol of mine, Walmsley. I'd, I'd love to meet the guy one day. Um, but uh, no, those are definitely probably probably my uh, three biggest three biggest uh, idols I have. Excellent. And, um, you know, it sounds like with your hybrid training and stuff, it's those are some those are good guys to kind of, yeah, to kind of idolize and look up to, eh? Yeah, big time. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you, like, looking to the year ahead or even into next year, um, what what are your goals now? Where do you go next after this? Yeah, good question. I've been wondering the same thing myself, <laughs> honestly. Um, I I do want to see how fast I can do some of those shorter distance uh, races and shorter distance. I mean, within the ultra world, I guess you could say, but yeah, uh, like where I met you at the 50 K um, I'd love to, I want to see how fast I can do a fifth, some 50 Ks and stuff like that. I'm, I'm very confident I can crack, crack f sub five hours. So I'd like to really do that. I have, I have a race schedule lined up. So I'm, I'm doing a, a couple or two or three 50 Ks uh, this year. And uh, I'd like to do another hundred miler this year, but next year I think is going to be uh, that's going to be more of a, an improvement year for me, just to see. Okay, so I, I you know I took this year. Let's let we'll see what I learned and apply it to next year, right? So right. I'd I'd really like to uh, run a qualify race for Western States nice. for uh, within twenty twenty four to qualify for uh, twenty twenty five. Hopefully, I'd really love to do that. That's uh, that's that's on the list as well as a. Um, I'm, I'm going to do sulfur again. I think I'm going to do sulfur, uh, and hopefully run a 200. I, I really, really want to do a, like hopefully Tahoe or a Bigfoot, something like that. Nice. Nice. Pretty, pretty mm -hmm. lofty goals, but I think, you know, at your age and, and accomplishing what you've already done, I think, I think those are certainly doable. So I guess, would, would it be fair to say that this year has been kind of more of like a, like you said, a learning or experimental year to kind of see where you're at and, and test the waters. Um, you mentioned, you know, the 50 K where we met so that we, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Let's talk oh, about it. All right. So that was, that was in my hometown of Shelburne. So that was the, the fiddle 50. Um, and it's, it's a, it's fairly unique race. So it's, it's a one kilometer loop, right. And had yeah. the 50 K distance. I think there's hundred K as well in relays. So you were there for the 50 K and it was how many weeks after you did the hundred miler? It was, it was one week. It, it was, was one it week, was, one week. Out. Yeah. It, it was one week after. I think yeah. I got a little ahead of myself on that one. Uh, 
you know, David Goggins, he he did uh, eight 100 mile races, eight weeks in a row, I think with almost no training, something insane. So I thought I'd at least try to do a, another ultra or 50 K uh, with, you know, within, within the seven day period. Uh, and unfortunately uh, didn't, didn't work out, but I think, I think we definitely made the right call there to, uh, to drop out. Uh, but Hey, you know, I try, I tried uh, my buddy podiums, which I was super happy about. Shout out to Alan. He, uh, he actually paced me at sulfur actually. Amazing. Uh, and he, uh, he podiums, he had a great race, but yeah, I know my IT band, it was flaring up and, it just wasn't, it just wasn't worth it. The injury. Yeah. So first off, kudos to Adam. Cause that was his first 50 K on, on his end. Right. So. Oh, big time. Yeah. He, go, he, he had a phenomenal race. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at one point, so yeah, you had come up, I was, I was volunteering at the race uh, in the medical tent and, and you had come up and describing your knee as like, Oh, it sounds like it band. And, and yeah. you know, we had, we had a bit of a chat and, and talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what your future goals are and how important that race was to you. And ultimately I, th- I think you made the right decision and decided to, okay, I'm just going to pull out and conserve the body. And, you know, it's, it's a DNF, yeah. it sucks, but uh, you know, you look, you look towards the future, but one of the funniest things you had mentioned after is you're sitting on the sidelines eating pizza and you're like, it's way better on this end of the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I'd actually, I'd actually wondered what it's, what it's been like, you know, being a spectator or you're on a crew. Cause I've always, you know, it's always, you know, my mom at the Spartan races for me, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm always the one actually doing the racing. So it was, it was actually nice to be, uh, on the other side of the fence, you know, and, you know, I had a great time doing it too. <laughs> yeah. That was, that gave me a good chuckle. That was, that was really good. So how are yeah. you feeling now after, after that, how's the IT band doing? How's your, how's your training going right now? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm, I'm starting to very, very, very gradually increase the mileage during the week. I think last week I ran, uh, 12k excuse me uh <laughs> oh there it didn't sneeze i thought i had one <laughs> almost um uh, yeah i did 12k last week well, that was that wasn't all running though that was all walking as well i'd say probably you know seven or eight k of that was was walking uh but it, it's going better a lot of foam rolling uh i think i think that, that can always help i'm just you know i do you know cold plunges all the time mix of hot and cold is great um, I think for me, it seems to, seems to work pretty well, but it's, it has been slow going. It has been slow going. I'll admit that. Um, I do, uh, I do take a, you know, a, a couple, uh, running steps throughout the day, you know, maybe, you know, just whenever I can just do a little bit of light jogging, light steps, but, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a frustrating thing to get through. It's just one of those things where you want to start running, you know, and run through the pain, but it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, I've just been trying to foam roll, you know, rub A535. I'm not sure if that's helping or not, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically it for that for now. It's it's getting better though. It's it's definitely getting better. That's good. I'm glad I'm glad to hear you're you're on the mend. And yeah, it's certainly one of those injuries that that is frustrating because um, you know, you feel like your hand's gonna run through it, but you can't. It's a very unique pain as well. And it, you know, it affects your walking gait too, like when it's really flared up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like I even remember watching you drink as at, the, at that day progressed at the fiddle 50 and kind of the limp was getting worse and worse. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I, it took me back to when I had my IT issue. And, you know, um, for some words of encouragement, you know, when I had my IT flare up, it, it did take a while to get out of it, but I'd never had it come back since. Oh, okay. That's so, good. That's so that's good. good. Right. And 
you know, so hopefully this is the kind of the one time you got to deal with it and then you can yeah. kind of move on and, and go forward. But, you know, movement is good. And as, as my good friend and previous guest, Dave Kempson always says, motion is lotion, right? So you want to kind of keep it within parameters and you know where you're at right now and just got to keep progressing and do all the treatments. And have you seen any like medical professionals to kind of get some treatment on it as well or no? I haven't. I, I haven't uh, seen any, you know, physio or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional, but I, I think I know my body pretty well. Um, and just how to gauge things properly and when to, you know, I can start, you know, maybe incorporating a little bit more running. Uh, but, you know, based on the way things have been going, I think I'm doing all right. You know, uh, the pain is less and less. I can, you know, if I do start to feel something during a little jog or anything, I'll stop right away or, you know, just do a little intervals of running and light, light jogging and not even running. It's like light yeah. jogging and walking. Um, I also do a lot of stretches and uh, I'm doing a lot of hip exercises and, and knee exercises, single leg exercises, things like that. So st- trying to stretch, stretch like the, the whole hip area and the lower back as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had any piriformis problems, but uh, I had some piriformis issues too. It's like this really deep muscle in, in your butt. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of the pigeon pose in yoga. It's, it's a difficult stretch to get into, but man, it really just stretches out your glute and into your hip and stuff. It's a really good one. Um, okay. No, I don't yeah. think I've heard of that one. I'm yeah. Look, look it up. It, it's a good one, man. If you ever get the piriformis syndrome, it sucks. So that, that one's, you know, I just got tight, tight hips and stuff mm-hmm. too. So yeah. I don't stretch. It so easy. To, so easy to get injured in running. Oh, oh my gosh. That's yeah. one thing that I've really learned. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stretching and the, and the, and the, uh, weight training definitely, uh, it, it helps you avoid it for sure. So I'm going to take that more seriously. Yeah. I think, I think you've, it sounds like you've got a very good base and foundation with all your strength training and stretching you already do with your Spartan stuff and everything. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a good one. You just got to keep focused on that too. Cause you know, sometimes like me, I'm horrible for that stuff. Like I just want to get out the door and run. Yeah. Like, ah, I don't need to warm up. And then next thing you know, I'm hurt. So <laughs> you gotta be more I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll start running and, you know, I, you know, before the injury, before the race, um, I'd start running and I'd feel, you know, a little pain and, you, you know, sometimes you run through it and it completely goes away. It's yeah. kind of funny, kind of funny how that works sometimes, but this is definitely not one of those things. Yeah. All the learning process, my friend, but, uh, Matt, listen, I want to thank you for your time and coming on the show. It's, it's been great to interview before you go. I'm, I'm going to ask because you're on camera, we're going to put this up on YouTube. Do you have your belt buckle to show the audience? Is it nearby? Uh, I can get it if you want. It's really go close. Go get it. Yeah, yeah go get okay. it. Okay, all Let's right. Let's see this. Let's all see right, this. I'll be right back. All right. Matt's gone to go get his hardware from, from Sulphur Springs, so this will be kind of a nice treat to see. One of the belt buckles from Sulphur Springs for being a finisher of the 100-miler, and not only a finisher, but the youngest ever finisher of the 100-miler. Um, yeah, so you can check out Matt's article too at runningmagazine.ca. They covered uh, they covered his race at Sulphur Springs. It's pretty cool. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, let's see the belt buckle. Let's see the hardware. There we are. Very nice. That's it. The lighting's not so great, but let me see here. There you go. It's got the Sulphur Springs logo on there, 100 miler. Yeah. Nice. Can I see the backside miles. of it? I've never seen the backside of these buckles. Yeah, so it's actually, it is a it real is, belt buckle. It's a legit belt buckle. Yeah, I've put it on a belt, and that's that's getting only worn to special events. <laughs> but yeah, it is a real buckle. Congratulations, buddy. Well, well deserved and well earned, man. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sure no, you uh, have uh, many other belt buckles in your future too. Your I hope so. I hope, I hope to get some of those. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt, listen, man, we'll sign off now and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch and, uh, you know, we'll check in and see how your recovery is going and see what your next race is going to be. Until then, my friend, you run wild. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I really, really do appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. And that's a wrap on this episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast from Sean Solbon and Russell the Runner. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. Check out our YouTube channel at Trail Tales ARP. And you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Catch you next time. Run wild. Face while he's looking back, mirror breaks after math when I